With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Anne-Marie Lockhart, and you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm very happy today to have John Yamris with me, and um, he's going to be reading for some of his some of his new, new books and uh, some other stuff maybe, too. John, thank you for joining me. You're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. Let's just start immediately with a poem, whatever one you want to read first. Okay. I'm going to do one at your suggestion. Stop opening things with your teeth, she said. Number one, you'll break a tooth. Number two, well, it's just a nasty, ugly, stupid habit, and I don't like it, so cut it out. She was right. She always is. Besides, when you do something stupid like that, it makes you look like an asshat. I couldn't argue with logic like that, so I put it on the table thinking maybe this time I actually bit off more than I could chew. <laughs> I think that's the greatest love poem ever written. <laughs> and I think most women would agree with me because, you know, the best thing that you say in there, <laughs> the best thing that you say, she was right, she always is. I think that right there makes it the best poem ever. Um <laughs> Well, what, well yeah, what? it's part of being a husband. You've got to know when to surrender. <laughs> Let me read one more short one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says to me, I can't believe you actually throw some poems out. Sure I do, lots. Why would you ever throw a poem out? I looked at him and said, if they don't work, there's no sense in keeping them, so I throw them out. That's nuts, he says. My words are like gold. I've slaved over every word I wrote. I'd never throw them out. They're covered in my blood, drenched in my sweat. I didn't know how to answer that. I couldn't tell them that I can't stand the sight of blood. And a long, long time ago, I made myself a promise that I'd never, ever let them see me sweat. Now, you know, when I read that um, the first time, I thought about a few different things. I thought about... um, one of the things that we see in this industry and so many others, which is a sense of posturing sometimes. You know, people people say things um, that either make you say, oh, my God, no, your work is awesome, or, oh, my God, you know, yes, it really is the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, they say things sometimes and you want to, people, they want you to buy into something. It's nuts. People, <laughs> you, you call it this industry, and I appreciate that. People take themselves way too seriously. Yeah. Poetry is just, for me, meaningless. Literature is absurd. I had more reality 20 minutes ago out in my backyard with my dog cutting mm. bushes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. If, if people buy my books, they're nuts, but I appreciate it. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you say that. You know, we're always looking, you know, I think as writers or as publishers as editors even as readers for some 
some something that's going to make it all make sense. And sometimes it's it's what you say. It's just there's all we can really do is put some words to some act that actually is where the meaning lies. Um, but we're gifted with words, so that's what we do. And I, and I like that you call out that in this particular poem. I like the way that you call that out. And I also like the way you end it, which is, you know, it's funny. It's funny, that part about the posturing. But I I also like that there's a vulnerability in the close of that poem. Would you read that, those last two lines again? I think it's the last two lines. Oh, I closed the book. It's about never letting them, long ago I vowed never to let them see me sweat. You know, um, I I like that too because that I think is would be my preferred choice of, it's a form of posing too, I guess. You know, like I, I am who I am, and I'm never going to let anybody think <laughs> that that this means more to me than it should. You know, I, I like that kind of. There's a there's just a, a little extra bit of humanity in that that I I think really really makes an additional point on the poem. Well, I, I appreciate um, that. I, I I like to. You mentioned it, vulnerability. I, I, I like to bring myself into my poems. The the toughest thing is putting a face onto your poem. Um, hmm. I, I, I don't know how to phrase it. Uh, people can write poems that any name can be on, but to write something that they'll say, yeah, that's a Bukowski piece, yeah, that's a Kerouac piece, yeah, that's the Amherst right. piece. Um, that for me, took time. That probably took 30 years of writing and publishing before I finally found my proper voice. Mm. And voice is, is like you said, it's, I, I find it to be the most integral thing. I will respond strongly to voice before almost anything else when I read something and consider it for publication, um, and just as a reader as well. So how did you know you found it? I guess that's my question about what voice has meant to you as a writer. How did you know you'd, you'd hit it? Good question. Good question. I think I finally hit my stride about 15 years ago. So I was mm-hmm. probably 45, 46 and had been publishing for 20 years, 25 years already. But it yeah. took a while before I before things made sense to me. I mean, up until that time, I, I knew I had written some good things, but it wasn't consistent, and I didn't have the voice, and I just... Now when I write something, I almost never cross a word out. I know that sounds weird, but I almost never cross a word out because it's already figured out in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like an athlete, you know. You, you you practice and practice and practice until you got that that muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I write, hopefully I know what I'm doing. In terms of editing your work, does that really consist more of um, like reordering stanzas or line breaks, or almost none of that either? Like for you, is it is it gotten to be that organic a process where the writing is yeah. Yeah, something will pop into my head, and usually I've got the beginning and the end. I know where I'm starting, yeah. and I know where I'm going, and I just got to figure out that bridge to get there. And and yeah. it, it's usually a fairly quick thing. Uh, of course, you know my poems are very short uh, because yeah. I found it the toughest thing for a writer to know is what not to say. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, the, the, I agree. The biggest thing I learned about writing, I learned from listening to Miles Davis because he knew what notes to leave out, and that's a very precious thing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very smart thing. And uh, once I figured that out, man, I, I knew I had it made. Um, when you, well, that, I have two questions I need to ask, and they're not fully related to one another. So let me start with what just came into my mind from what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, considering when the point at which you became really comfortable with your process, yes. What what do you what happens when you look back at your older work? How do you, how do you feel about it? You know, I wish it would burn up and disappear. <laughs> Seriously, Not- it was it was. Well, everybody goes through that process. You know, I was getting published, but I was derivative. I, I was evoking other writers. I didn't have my voice yet, so. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I wish my career started 15 years ago. Can you track uh, via the pieces that you you do think were were good ones? Can you track the evolution to that point where oh, yeah. it all became comfortable? Oh, that's interesting. Certainly, I, I I could I could point exactly to a poem. Oh, almost 40 years ago that I wrote that was the genesis of what I'm doing now. And uh you have it? It, it not not in front of me now. No, I'm I'm sorry. Uh That's all right. <laughs> I, I I won't look at that book, but I can point to that poem and it was probably nineteen seventy four yeah. or so. And I was like, Yeah, you stumbled on it and you missed it, you big dummy and I missed it for twenty years after that before I picked it up again. <laughs> It's interesting you have that touchstone though. That's that's so important to what came next, even if it was delayed a while before it got there. Now, um so the stuff of yours that I am familiar with is is very um conversational. It's uh that stuff that happens in a day and it's um it reads very easily and there's always something kind of else in it. There's an, always a truth to it or an observation in it that that is um pointed or funny or both of those things, but it's couched in a real everyday kind of um non-dramatic uh scenario. So what I want to know is how you find that in in what you write, where are you inspired? You know, out, outside of the the format itself, what do you see in the course of your day? What happens that makes you say, "I'm going to write about that"? Good question. Uh, some things just happen, and I find myself looking around, scrambling for a pen <laughs> to to write it <laughs> down. And, and the big thing for me, the 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 big aha moment was when I learned that I've got to involve the reader in the poem. I've got to get their imagination kicking in so that they're supplying part of the poem. Let me read something. And it's a very short poem, but it involves the reader. Um, Write a poem about that, she said, sitting on the edge of the bed, smiling. Only only 13 words, but there's a whole lot going on there, I think, and it gets the reader's imagination involved. It, it very much does. <laughs> and, you know, so 
so that that is kind of like a perfect a perfect image. And a lot of writers, I think, might make the crucial mistake of doing what you said not to do just a little while ago, which is taking that as a starting point and running off in another direction rather than keeping that as a whole entity in and of itself. Well, thank you. Um, and I, I, I really, you know, you, you're not conscious of, uh, of cutting things out maybe at this point in time because you've managed to figure out how to do that so well. But if there was a way... You could teach a workshop on that. People could benefit so much. <laughs> Boy, I, I, I wish I wish I were smart enough to put, be able to put it in words, but I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Just something that you. Ah, I'm 61. It, it took a while to reach this point. <laughs> so, when did you first know or call yourself a writer? When did you know that's what you were? That's that's an interesting question. I still don't call myself a writer. I definitely don't refer to myself as a poet. Um, that just, oh, it's like fingernails on a blackboard. Uh, <laughs> as soon as I hear somebody referring to themselves as a poet, I know exactly what their work is going to be like, and I don't even bother myself. I'd rather go out and clean up dog poop in the yard <laughs> rather than read what these poets are going to write. <laughs> Do you write other in other other forms? Um, about a month ago, two months ago, I published a short story, uh, and years ago, I published two novels, both of which tanked terribly, uh, teaching me that that I, I'm not a long distance runner; I'm a sprinter, <laughs> so I'll stick to the poem. <laughs> um, do you ever do you ever um, consider taking on the novel again, or no? That that experience kind of was complete for you. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have the attention span for it. It's, it's, I I don't know how to realize in the first place. I, I'm sorry <laughs> you broke up. I didn't hear you. I I'm always amazed by people who can really sit down and come up with a novel and and have the patience to see oh, it through. That's I find that's it the real so talent. What what I do is just song and dance. Writing a novel is talent. <laughs> When when you started writing, well, I guess you know, um, in terms of inspiration to write, did did you find that you were writing before you realized anybody else was a writer, or did you see somebody else writing and think, oh, I can do that too? Not necessarily, maybe the way they did, not in terms of copying them or you know anything like that, but just thought, oh yeah, I know I know how to do that, or or did the kind of impetus come from from something completely devoid of other people? Oh yeah, I started writing because it was a way to meet girls. <laughs> Seriously, I was too small for the football team and too too short for the basketball team, so it was it was my my way to meet the girls. And that that's how I got started and I found out that that uh the better I wrote, the prettier the girls got, so I got good real quick. <laughs> So back to my original point with your first poem, women are a very good judge of writing ability. That's something I think we all need to keep in mind. <laughs> Don, what are you working on currently? Uh, just more poems. Right now we're doing a lot of, of promotion on the new book, Can't Stop Now, which is, which is out and available on Amazon. And um, I've got it, my first ever children's book, in the works, uh, the, oh the boy. yeah, the illustrations are being done right now. The book, the book is done, um, 
But uh, is it in verse or is it uh, you know more? Prose? It kind of switches back and forth. Part is in mm-hmm. rhyme and part is not. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm trying to make it a book that both kids and adults can enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be interesting. I think on at first glance people would not see that as a natural uh, genre for you, but I have to say that it doesn't surprise me. Um, your writing style is very direct and it's sophisticated and layered, and I think that really works well with children's stuff. I well, yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up. The most common uh, response to my poetry is that's not poetry. Which I take as oh, a compliment. Really? I, I take yeah. that as a compliment because I'm showing them something that they haven't seen before. So for me, yeah. that that that's a compliment. I'm I'm doing my job right, and people take my stuff and either get it or they don't because mm-hmm. you know it, it works on on two levels, and some mm-hmm. people just don't understand that second level. And, you know, that's i got to live with that. Well, you know, it's, probably, it's one of those things where if you're, you're finding the right readers for your work that you never have to explain it to anybody, which is the best place to be as a writer, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, when you're putting together a new book, uh, when you're writing, are you writing for a particular collection or do you piece those things together after you've written, say, I don't know, 100 poems? How, do, how does the process of construction work for you? Well, the next book the next book is going to be called People and Other Curious Objects. <laughs> and that's going to be a collection of poems about people and and mm-hmm. things r- related to those people. It's going to be a really interesting book. It uh I'm trying to switch things up. Um cuz I I occasionally recently hear people say, "Oh yeah, that's a Yamorous poem." And I don't want to <laughs> fall into that trap. I, w- I, I mm-hmm. want to keep switching things up. Yeah, I could understand that, too. Um, although I, I think that the overall statement itself, you know, will will run true and authentic. It speaks to what you said before about voice. Um, but it, it's a fine line, maybe, between uh, being true to your own style of work and then becoming a little too familiar with it. I don't want to repeat myself. Yeah, yeah, understandable. Um, th- would you read us another poem? Sure. Um, I You might have something in mind, but, um, you know, and I said before that I didn't, um, <laughs> but I had, you know, a few that I'd be very comfortable with you reading any of them, but I, there's one that has come back to me a few times as we've been talking, and it's Tony Wasn't Very. I don't know. Could you read, it, read us that one from um, Can't Stop Now? Oh, uh, let's see. i got to find that. Page 49. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my fingers are too fast. Tony wasn't very complicated. He wasn't politically correct either. He thought harass was the best part of a woman's anatomy. He was basically a good guy, though, a guy who liked baseball, a good glass of wine, and the sound of hard rain made on his back porch roof. That's just part of the reason I could never figure out why he did it. 
It took them several days to clean the blood. Now, I I'm, I don't know why that one keeps coming back to me in terms of what we're talking about here, but the poem really feels until those last two lines like um, some of the other stuff in terms of its lightness. And then the truth to that one is particularly heavy, you know, as, as I guess compared to some of the others in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I like the delivery of that. It's, it's a really, it stops you, you know, as you read it and makes you think and all that stuff, you know, that, that we want in a poem. Um, was that, that was one that came to you the way the others do too, almost fully formed, ready to go, just in your head like that? Oh, yeah. I, I I don't know how to explain it. Let let me read one more, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go clean some dog poop in the yard. <laughs> They're like that on the net. On those poetry sites, they all have names like Muse Gal and Poem Man and Rhymer, announcing who or what they think they are. I really don't think they're doing it for security. I think they're ashamed. Deep down inside, they know. They don't want their names being known, so they, they're they stuck, caught in a world of their own design, too scared to sign their names, and too proud to admit it. Hmm. I appreciate that particular poem as well, and... and, uh, and I- you know, and you do say some pointed things that um, I'm sure don't rub everybody the right way, but I think the delivery is um, is is always warm, and it's certainly not um, it's certainly not mean spirited or anything like that. And it's observational, and it's it's a uh, these are very human observances, and I think that they're very relatable. Um, and I, I like that in the stuff that I have read of yours. Um, you have, let's revisit the books. Can't Stop Now is your newest. Right. by Epic Lights Press. And uh, you can find them at www.epiclights.org, E-P-I-C-R-I-T-E-S.org. You can find Can't Stop Now by John Yamrus, Y-A-M-R-U-S, at Amazon, um, along with a bunch of his other books which I recommend you do check out. Um, what is what is what is the timeline for your next release, your next book coming up? Well, it's probably the children's book, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a matter of when the illustrations get done. I, I, I wish it was tomorrow, but it's probably going to be a few more months. <laughs> well, good luck with that. I'm sure that's going to be – I'll be looking forward to that because I'll be curious to read it. And um, I, good luck with the rest of the stuff you have in the works. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for taking time away from the dog poop to come talk to me. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot, John. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And it was a nice 20 minutes I spent with you. 15. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 15 with a little boundary minute or two or seven or eight or whatever. Um, (laughs) That's all for today, everyone. I thank you all for listening, and I hope you do get time to check out John Yammers and his new book, Can't Stop Now. I think you will enjoy it as much as I did. Um, Look for him online. You can find him in a lot of places. In the meantime, have a great week, and I'll be back next week with some more cool poetry. Um, and writing and and talk about writing. And we didn't even get to March Madness, which is disappointing. Maybe we'll put that on for next week. I don't know. Uh, Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.